This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 133, Living a Deep Life. Do you ever crave for more, you know, more connection, more joy, more purpose in your life? Well, our guests of today sure do, and they continuously act aligned with their motto, to live a deep life. For this episode, I sat down with Dan and Elise from Momentum Strength Wellness. Elise is a certified nutritionist and Dan a personal trainer and certified holistic lifestyle coach. Together, they have dedicated their life to the study, exploration, practice, and application of all things wellness. Their health journey began on the traditional path of exercise as a mean to support performance and better aesthetic. But over the years, through research and more importantly, trial and error, they realized how much all things are connected. And they created a philosophy and a lifestyle that supports continued physical, mental, spiritual growth and well-being. I would love to read your takeaways on this episode today. So as you listen, take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways on Instagram tagging at on and off your mat podcast. I will, of course, reshare you, but the idea is that everybody can read your takeaways and we can go deeper into the content of this episode. We can learn from each other, with each other as a community. All right, let's get to today's episode with Dan and Elise. Hi, Dan. Hi, Elise. Welcome. Hi, Erica. Erica. Thank you for having us. Thank you for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to connect with you guys. Can we start by you guys telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey for listeners that don't know you very well or don't know you at all yet? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll start. So I'm Elise and this is my better half, Dan. We've been together, gosh, I think we're going on 17 or 18 years, which has been a journey in itself. (laughs) Um, We have our own company, Momentum Strength and Wellness, which we started about three years ago, where we coach people in all aspects of health and wellness, and we take a holistic approach to that. So I'm a nutrition coach, and then Dan is a personal trainer as well as a certified holistic lifestyle coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We also host a uh, podcast, The Deep Life, Um, as you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I say like our background really is when we began our health journey, it was really for, I would say, aesthetics. We were both athletes in for a long time. Mm -hmm. I played, gosh, softball since I was maybe eight or nine years old, all the way through high school into college. And Dan played football, probably Mm -hmm. starting at the same age into high school and then division one in college as well. And after that, we were kind of burnt out after college. We stopped Mm. working out a little bit and kind of just, we didn't have the group dynamic of working out anymore. We didn't have someone telling us what to do. Dan was way more disciplined Mm -hmm. and he kind of dove into that health journey before me, but it took me a little bit more time to get on board with it. And once he got his personal training certification, gosh, that was almost 10 years ago, is really when we dove deep into our fitness Mm. and wellness journey. At least it was definitely my first client. (laughs) Yeah, I was his guinea pig for a while. Guinea pig is a better way to put it. But yeah, I've I've always been kind of really, really into fitness. Like we said, grew up playing sports, was always kind of looking to training as sort of like a way to increase performance, bigger, faster, stronger, but also like, there was also that element of like wanting to look good. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, like through playing sports, through training really hard for a long time, you get to that point where like everything hurts and you get kind of beat up. And there was a lot of like rediscovering 
my love of training in a sense of learning how to do it to feel better and to live better. Mm-hmm. Just kind of re changing my perception of the way I looked at, you know, what I was doing, why I was doing it. Yeah. And then, like we said, I got a bunch of ideas. I would try some things on myself and then I'd turn right around and try them on Elise. And <laughs> that has kind of developed over the last 10 years into uh, what momentum is now through just a lot of trial and error and studying and being obsessed with wellness and fitness. Amazing. I think a lot of our listeners or uh, yogis out there can really relate to your story in the sense, although it's not yoga, like there's a place in yoga where we get to the point sometimes if that, you know, we've put this kind of dedication in the physical practice that we do the splits, we hold a handstand, we do all the things we were like, you know, hoping to do. And we find ourselves asking ourselves like, what now? Yes. Right. Like, okay, but what now? Like there's more to these practices than the aesthetic or the physical goal of, you know, doing X, like there's something extra in there. And so I love that you bought this in because we're going to go a little deeper today, particularly. So I think that's a nice little intro. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your podcast and I just said, we're going to go a little deeper. So pun intended, your podcast is called (laughs) Deep Life. So what does it mean for you to live a deep life? Like, what does that look like? I think just like you said before, it's like, we're going to get deeper. The whole idea of like (laughs) the way we look at our life, the way we look at our business and everything is, you know, what's below the surface. There's Mm. what you see and then there's kind of what's really there. So living a deep life for us, or at least, you know, for myself, I can say it's like asking those questions, asking why. Why am I doing that? Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Is it serving me or is it not serving me? And just to keep prying and keep asking and keep going deeper and deeper, because I feel like every time you answer one of those questions, you're faced with a whole new perspective, but then you can just ask again, like, okay, well, that's great, but why? And why? And just, just like a little, little kid would do, you can just keep saying, why, why, why? And the answer just keeps getting like more and more beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think that when we began this journey and we were trial and error, everything, it really opened up my perspective on kind of why I wanted to aesthetically look a certain way. Because I had thought as a woman, I should be, you know, skinny, but not too muscular. So I always would tell Dan, I don't want to mm-hmm. lift heavy weights at the beginning because <laughs> mm-hmm. I had the perception that they were going to make me bulky. But then as we got, I want to say, quote unquote, healthier with the better foods that we were eating with kind of a mindfulness practice that we brought into our life, the light bulbs were kind of just going off in my head to, like Dan said, ask more questions because I'd be physically in really great shape and I'd be getting compliments, but I'd still not feel good. I would Mm. still have that internal talk of you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not skinny enough. And it was like, why? All right. Like I'm doing everything that the fitness industry quote unquote is telling me to do. And I still felt like crap. Mm. And so that's when we realized like, all right, there's time to dig deep into this. We have to go beyond the surface of why. And we just started opening all these portals and doors to our programming in the agreements that we made through society. Like I'm sure you've heard of the book, The Four Agreements by Don Mm -hmm. Galloway. 
it literally was life changing mm-hmm. for both of us. And we read it probably every year. And each year we read it since we read it probably five or six years ago, I take something new out of it because our perspective changes so much. And I'm so grateful for that. And to have just the awareness that change is beautiful and I can embrace it. And I don't need to be stuck and be the same person that I was five years ago or Mm -hmm. even five months ago. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So can you share with us a few examples of those shift in perspective? Like Maybe it's about your body or about yourself or Dan, maybe you have something to share on that, but how has some perspectives or beliefs or world or even relationship views have changed over the last few years as you started to ask those questions, those layers of why, 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 what do I want? Why do I want that? (laughs) What changed? For me, a big one, and this is almost like, almost still an external one, but looking at just like as somebody who loved fitness and just nutrition, I guess, falls into fitness. The more I started looking into things and realizing that sort of the common narrative wasn't true. Mm. So like with nutrition, like I grew up doing what a lot of people who grew up in like the 90s did. Like it was like the, the low fat, like stay away from saturated fat, make sure you eat all your whole grains but like a bowl of Cheerios is healthy food. That's good for your heart. And like <laughs> we got fed all kinds of nonsense. And I started looking into that, like, Oh, this is interesting. Cause there's people that aren't doing that and they're getting, you know, really healthy. And if you look, you start taking a step back and looking at sort of society, as we started getting away from eating fat and specifically like saturated fat and switching to like vegetable oils and margarine, people have gotten sicker and sicker specifically with like heart disease. And worse and worse and worse. But everybody is still like, oh no, like if you eat bacon and eggs, you're going to have a heart attack. Your cholesterol is going to go through the roof. So there's this like strange narrative that everybody's just like, oh, well, obviously this is true. If I want to be healthy, I need to eat tons of vegetables and not eat bacon and eggs. But it's also okay to have like Friday night pizza night and drink diet soda and do all this nonsense. So when I started like kind of seeing that, and then you start like, digging into it a little bit deeper and realizing that, oh, there is facts that this stuff was paid for by the sugar lobby to start putting to like, they paid off scientists at Harvard to put out fake studies saying cholesterol Mm -hmm. causes heart disease. And that was sort of the first thing for me where I was like, oh, wow. Like the story we're being told isn't true. I need to start looking below the surface and figure out, because maybe like my exercise routine is wrong. If like, if my nutrition and my meal plan is wrong, maybe I'm training in a way that isn't right. And maybe I'm doing things. And then you start looking into training and fitness and you notice that like, I'm reading all these muscle magazines and blog posts on like bodybuilding.com and everything is based off of guys who are bodybuilders and taking steroids. And say, okay, well, their body's going to respond differently And their diet is going to be different because hormonally they're completely different than me. These guys are sleeping 12 hours a day. They're training three times and they're eating nothing but like chicken breasts and broccoli, but that's not what I should be eating. Mm -hmm. So I just like, that's sort of like an example of of the way my brain works. And also like how, as one thing, I noticed that one thing is wrong. And then I'm like, okay, I need to start questioning more things and questioning more and more and more. 
So that's sort of like an external example that sort of changed the way I think and the way that I view the world. And then internally, would you say it's just your thoughts and your personal beliefs about, you know, what it means to be enough or what it means to be in shape or what it means to whatever stories we do tell ourselves, you know, about everything in our lives? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that was with Dan questioning things like exactly like he just um, had his little rant, which I love. And I love him for that because I would not be where I am today without him. This is definitely a partnership. But when he first started saying these things, I was like, you crazy. You are crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. I was feeding into the media, of course, and I was the same way. But he said it in a very lovingly way, basically like, let me show you. Let's try these things that go against the mainstream narrative and see what happens. And here we are 10 years later, and I've never felt better. I've never felt happier. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I look better than I did in high school. Please do and celebrate yourself. The opposite of what we were told to do mm-hmm. and what we had to do. But I think for me, when I realized that I was getting in the best shape and still not feeling great and had that really negative self-talk, I just, something came over me where I knew that psychologically I had really low self-worth in the simplest terms. And I had Mm -hmm. just beaten myself up about it for so long that I had looked outside of me to people, to society, my friends, my family for external validation. And it was a really hard lesson to learn. And I'm still learning and growing through it that, okay, the happiness, the worth comes from me. It's internal. There is no one outside of me that can make me feel a certain way. Not Dan. He couldn't give me enough compliments, enough love. If I don't love myself, Mm -hmm. there's no point in this. I could not possibly. Exactly. And that was a huge shift. And as soon as that happened, this was really actually pretty recent. I'd say within maybe the last two or three years, everything changed. When I realized that it came within it was like, wow, I feel like I dropped emotional weight like that. And I didn't even realize I was carrying like around my hips and my stuff, just those are feminine parts. Everything just came so much more naturally. I felt like I was going through a flow of life through my day to day, as opposed to my ego trying to run the show where everything was Mm -hmm. rushed. I had to do it on my timetable. I had to perform in the gym and then perform for business, perform for my friends and family, perform for the podcast. But when I took a step back and realized like, that's your ego talking, everything is within you. It's the most rewarding thing. And I just, I want everybody to feel that way. Mm. And that too is an external lesson that we hear, you know, that we won't be happy until we have this, we look this way, like that validation comes from the outside. So it loops back in into that questioning of the things we learn, the things we're told. And really what I hear from you guys is asking why, asking questions to yourself, looking inward for your own validation on the process and then experimenting to find what works for you because no matter what you're told, you're different. You're unique in your own way. You have unique needs, unique desires. Your body functions differently according to 
the time of the month, the year in your life, the season, like there's so many things that will interfere and you can be your own advocate. If you take the time to learn how you function and what you need and what makes you thrive, you'll do better than if you just follow what average person should quote unquote do according to some research lobbied by some person dedicated Mm -hmm. to a person that's had nothing to do with you. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And it's all about the trial and error. And that was really where Dan pioneered it. It, it, He was like, we're not going to figure out if this works for us or not, unless we do it. So we're going to try it. We're going to try this diet for 30 days. We're going to try this movement for 30 days. You have to do that because exactly like you said, Erica, we're all unique. We're all different. Dan and I are made up very differently. Like you said, with hormones. So (laughs) you're exactly right. Yeah. So what's the reward in doing this deeper work, this questioning, this experimenting? Why seek that depth or what might it cost us if we don't and we continue to just kind of be on autopilot of what we've been doing and what we've been told we should be doing? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. For me, I think it's really about finding more truth from my own independence, because I definitely am a codependent person. And I have that, like in my family dynamic, um, my mother was a single mother and I'm an only child. So I definitely had a codependent relation with her and my entire family is of Italian descent and Italian American. But anyone who knows that is, it's a very close knit family. And same thing with Dan, like we've been together for a really long time and very codependent on one another, but there are things that we disagree upon. And it's almost really beautiful when we can take a step back and recognize that we don't need to do everything exactly the same. But I think what really hit home, which was the biggest reward for me is when I understood and uncovered the programs that I was running through my day-to-day life, like the little habits that I was doing. Why did I need to work out every morning as opposed to the evening or afternoon? Why was I brushing my teeth a certain way? Why did I have to watch TV at a certain time? Why did I need to, you know, hang out with this type of friend group at this point and not at another point? Why was I making my meals this way? And why was I cooking them a certain way? Because again, these are all conditions that I learned growing up, but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I learned them growing up until I started to pull Mm -hmm. back the veil. And what I mean by that is really just taking a step back, looking at my life from a large, much larger scale and just observing the way that I did things and trying to identify where I started to do those. And at what age, and if they were serving me great, I'm going to continue to do that. Like I'm, I pride myself on being very organized and being a go-getter. And those are great aspects that you need, especially when you're running a business. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of things that I also had to take a step back and realize were not serving me. I was extremely controlling (laughs) and I definitely do not like the unknown that, that goes hand in hand with being control. Mm-hmm. And I was always, always rushing through things in life. For some reason, I had a really misperception of time. Like I was always hyper, like that monkey brain, like the treadmill mind. I was on constantly doing something. If I had 10 minutes where I could really sit and relax, 
I, nope, it was 10 minutes that I could get something else done. And I didn't realize that that's not the flow of life. Like the flow mm-hmm. of my life is like nature. What's that say? Like nature doesn't hurry, but yet it gets everything done. And that stuck with me. I read that quote years ago and it was like mind blowing. It was like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm probably stopping a lot of manifestations, a lot of what divinely should be coming my way because I'm trying to rush through life. So as I began to just kind of take a step back, I was able to just observe the things that I was doing. And it was really rewarding because as I shifted, more and more lessons were coming in beautiful ways. And I was able to recognize it. And I was also able to recognize just like observing my friends group and my family Mm -hmm. and things that it was like, oh my gosh, I can look at them with such much more compassion and almost loving awareness as Rhonda says, (laughs) like be that loving awareness where it's like, wow, okay. I just grew up this way and there's nothing wrong. It probably happened for a reason. And now I'm able to kind of dismantle and disassemble those programs and begin my own and kind of just not be attached to anything anymore. I've realized that when I relinquish the attachment to certain things, more just flows naturally. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of my perspective on it. Yeah, very, very well said. I think that resonates. Like I would answer very similarly. I think that what there is to gain, it's really hard thing to explain the like liberation of awareness and not being like Elisa said, like attached to and tied to things in the same way where you can enjoy life in a different way in like a deeper Mm -hmm. way where you're not striving for things to impress people. You're striving for things because they bring you joy. And it's, there's just something really, really like comfortable about that. That I really, really enjoy. And I think that, to answer your question, like that's what you gain. And I think that the cost and the thing that you don't get is like, you kind of miss out on that in a way that we always kind of like to say, like most people don't realize how terrible they feel until they finally feel They have better. a taste it's of like, something it, different. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it's, it's really hard to explain to people that haven't felt that, mm-hmm. how great it's going to feel to finally feel it. Yeah. But that's a, what I didn't realize for so long is how many things I was doing to please other people, how many things I was doing out of guilt and shame, how poorly mm. I was treating myself. And, mm-hmm. and it was like holding myself back from so many other things because I was busy punishing myself for my perceptions of the past and who I was. And change is really scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, do not get me wrong. I'm sure your listener, like change is hard, but I think I just hit a breaking point. Like Dan said, like, I just didn't want to feel badly anymore. Like there has to be more to life than struggle. Mm -hmm. Like why would divine source, the creator put us on this planet to feel crappy and struggle? Like do the hustle. Like, like society says, like you've got to do the grind. And it's like, and then what? There's a time back to that question. And then what? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm definitely someone who embraces change and I go full force in, but I know that it's a struggle for people. And I've spoken to clients, family members, people that I know who are older and they'll throw their hands up and they're like, I'm 60 years old. Why would I change now? And it breaks my heart. It really does knowing what I know now and how mm-hmm. beneficial it can be to just even shift your perspective. Yeah. 
but it's challenging for people. And you just have to have that unwavering faith that change is going to be beneficial. Worth it. Yeah. If you do go into it saying, oh, I'm not going to change. It's not going to be helpful. There you go. It's not going to be. For sure. For sure. Because none of these things are easy as well. Like when we talk about awareness, like that's not a switch that you're like, oh, I am now more aware. When we talk about being in the flow of life, surrendering to what we attach in our expectations, discovering and uncovering more truth, those are not easy things to, to take on. But if you think that, yes, you reach more joy, you're more happy, it gives you more purpose, you feel better, you experience like such a wider range of possibilities in your life, then you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'm yeah. willing to, you know, move through the discomfort of these first few things to then have access to so much more. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And this journey has been a long one. I mean, it's been years for us, like at least five years of uncovering all this. So yeah, we're talking about it in this short segment, right? But it is long. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. It takes time and it takes patience and you're going to have, we have really good days. And then there's days where I'm on the floor crying, like, who am I? Like Dan will come home mm -hmm. and be like, what's happening? But it's really just shedding those layers, right? It's shedding the layers of who we thought we were and me kind of emerging from this desperate despair of someone who treated herself so poorly. I mean, I had the worst self-confidence. I struggled with an eating disorder for years. I mean, I just, I didn't know where I was, but looking back at that person, like there's no judgment, there's only pure love. And it's gotten me to where I am now. And I'm just probably here for a little bit. Like I'm really, really optimistic about what the future has to hold. I have no idea what it's going to hold, but I'm okay with it. I've relinquished mm -hmm. that control. And I'm, I'm knowing that each step of the way is going to be uncovered at the right time. And I just have to trust that I've gotten myself to this point. And I feel so happy and so joyful and mm -hmm. healthy and vibrant that I know it's only going to get better. I, I can't imagine going in reverse. I, I know no, that it's it impossible. I exactly. believe that as well. Trials and tribulations. I know that those are upgrades. I know that the universe is providing them for me because I'm ready, right? The yeah. teacher appears when the student is ready. So hopefully that's inspiring for people to be willing to take a step into the deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we it's talked about, it is, it is. We talked about thoughts and perspective and that's, kind of a type of work we can do, but I know you also love the impact of like daily little things to create momentum and daily little change. So can we talk about a bit either lifestyle or daily habits that help you move into the deep or to, you know, go deeper into those questionings, into these layers, you know, unpeeling, what supports you, what helps you, what helps your clients? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I think so we have what we call the momentum seven daily habits. And they're exactly what you said. They're just little healthy habits that create a lifestyle around well-being. Because what we realized when we began coaching together a few years ago, Dan can get someone ripped and shredded in the best shape of their life. No problem. I can give you nutrition plans. I can help you make recipes, get your macros on track. Absolutely. But to go deeper with that, you know, that's really only a small portion of your day. And what we found was 
people weren't receiving results as quickly, or they give us a lot of pushback. Mm. And it was really us uncovering through them what else they were doing. Were they properly hydrating? Were they going on daily walks? Were they getting enough sleep? Mm, Did they have some sort of mindfulness or meditation practice? And once we began asking those questions to our clients and they were all answering basically no and not doing anything Mm. other than the gym and changing their diet, we realized like, all right, let's implement these little habits that are going to keep your wellness on track for a lifetime. It's all about longevity because I think Mm -hmm. with the fitness industry too, it's very, the quick fix 21 days to do this, you know, 60 days at the most to do that. And yeah, okay, that's great. But then where do you go from there? So we're trying to set people up to have an all around lifestyle Mm -hmm. that they can incorporate these things and half of, I'd say actually probably more than half of them, they're doing in their day-to-day life already. So I'll list the seven so that your listeners know the the seven daily habits. So it's eat real food, walk, get eight hours of quality sleep, breathe and specifically breathe through your nose, Mm -hmm. connect to nature, have a mindfulness or meditation practice. And then what's the last one? And then it's a uh, move your body, move your body in a way that was like, progressive so like so going for walks is one thing but then also have another movement practice like you know could just be training in the gym it could be yoga it could be cycling rock climbing playing a sport but something where you're actively trying to get better and improve yourself because I think that makes a huge difference physically and mentally we need something to strive for yeah and once we began uncovering those and incorporating that into our clients kind of day-to-day or just again readjusting because everybody sleeps everybody breathes just Mm -hmm. most people don't optimize it so we're really just optimizing these habits in a healthier way that's going to like I said sustain Mm -hmm. the longevity of their goals yeah so breath's a great example because if you're you're taking 20 something thousand breaths a day Mm -hmm. if you're taking poor quality breaths, you're reinforcing bad habits 23,000 times a day. And with that, it's going to affect your mood, like, you know, depression, anxiety, it's going to affect your posture. It's going to affect every element of your life. There's nothing that you do during the day where you're not also breathing. Mm -hmm. So if you're breathing wrong, you're not going to be able to do that other activity to your best ability. I'm sleeping. Also, like people are sleeping every night. If you sleep really well, it's an opportunity to improve every other aspect of your life because sleep is like a Swiss army knife for health and wellness. It, it helps so many things. It's going to help you balance hormones, to help you recover. It's going to help you, you know, deal like autophagy and cleaning out your brain. So there's so many little parts that are all there connected to all these, but if you can, if you can sleep well, if you can breathe right, if you can make sure you get out and go for at least a walk you're setting yourself up for success and doing all these other things, you know, mindful practice, like just getting in touch with yourself and getting in touch with nature. Yeah. Everything is everything. Mm -hmm. It's all interconnected. And that was a huge discovery of our own. And then, like we said, when we started coaching our clients, we were doing what we're describing here are the habits, but we weren't for some reason making the connection with our clients. 
And then it was like the light bulb mm-hmm. moment. It was again, just us learning how to coach yeah. people effectively. Yeah. You could have the mm-hmm. best workout in the world, but if your other 23 hours of the day are holding you back, that workout's not going to do anything in, it's just going to end up being added stress where yeah. if we can use the other 23 hours to create a lifestyle that supports your goals, then it's also, that's going to support your workout. That's going to support everything else that you're doing. And it gives you an opportunity to be you know, really, really successful in striving for your goals. Mm-hmm. Totally. So talking about how everything is connected, of course, now we see And what you're saying is that if you sleep very poorly and then you go to the gym, you're not going to perform the same way as if you had a good night's sleep, you're properly fueled, you're properly breathing, like all of these things are connected in your different goals, whether they're physical or even like to have the mental bandwidth to look at difficult things and to ask difficult questions, right? Like if you haven't slept, you're not hydrated and you're hungry, maybe now is not the time to have a difficult conversation with your partner about why this is happening, (laughs) right? So since a lot of our listeners are yogis, and I know you mentioned, well, meditation is part of those habits and mindfulness. How for you, do you connect with your clients, mind, body, and spirit, and like create that integration of all three for really that holistic approach where everything is connected, as you said? A lot of it is almost just through discussions and kind of once we start implementing these practices, like you said, like it's all connected. So you're going to start noticing, like once you start meditating every morning, and for some people, that's really challenging. Mm -hmm. To just take, we'll say 15 minutes every morning or at some point during the day to sit and just be in the silence, be with your thoughts, understand that you're not your thoughts, all that. And like the whole process can be kind of overwhelming. And if you kind of, if people are patient with it and commit to doing it every day, eventually it kind of starts to click and they start, the meditation starts to really make an impact. And then they start to notice that, you know, maybe it's during a difficult workout or during a stressful day at work, or, you know, they're having, you know, relationship issues and they realize that they can stop and they can come back to the breath and they can come back to being silent. Then there's, there's those light bulb moments. And then that, that's sort of like the, the idea of building momentum where it's like, you just get this little bit and then it's like, it works. It's not just about that meditation practice. It's about carrying the meditative mindset into the rest of your day. And then when people start to notice that, then it's able to carry over into other things. And it's like, oh, well, if meditation was helpful, like maybe you could try a little bit of yoga or you could try going for a mindful, like meditative walk and getting out into nature. You know, then you start to connect the dots. Oh, and I go walk in nature with my shoes off and I leave my phone at home and I breathe. The rest of my day is amazing because I have like this high. And it's like, this is, it's a real thing. Like, all these things add up. All these things make a difference. Each person that we train and train currently, everyone's unique. Kind of like you were saying, like everybody's made up differently. We definitely get a lot of pushback <laughs> on certain things because we're not your typical fitness coaches. So when people come to us and they think, I remember when we began coaching more on the holistic side a couple of years ago, a girl had come to us and she asked if she was going to have like weekly weigh-ins and things like that. And it's like, no, that is not, that is absolutely not like how we coach. I do not 
care about the scale. I don't like, I can help you with your macros and portions, of course, but I'm not someone, we're not people who count calories. Like if you're looking for those coaches, it's not us because it's almost like we're training the people who are burnt out from the other coaches. We're trying to get them back to their like true authentic selves of like enjoying life and having a fitness routine that they can enjoy. With the mindfulness, people really just don't want to listen to their internal talk. And I was that way for a really long time. So we definitely yeah, get a lot. Pretty terrible. <laughs> it's often violent. Like, of course, we don't want to listen to it. We're being so mean to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's ever been as mean to me as I used to be to myself. And it's debilitating. But to have two people and our different perspectives has really helped us in that coaching because Dan connects with some clients better than I do. And then I connect with some clients better than others. So it's like, you're getting two coaches and two different perspectives. So yeah, there are things that work for Dan that don't work for me and vice versa. And that's where we can implement different things for our clients, but having them realize that mind, body, and spirit is all connected. It does take a little bit of time and we just kind of, not that we're tricking our clients, but it's really asking certain (laughs) questions to dig deeper because when we ask the questions and our clients answer, they're also listening to their responses as well. And then I kind of reiterate Mm -hmm. what their response is. And they're like, Oh, did I just say that? (laughs) Okay. That's that's the gold. And it's, yeah, it's rewarding, but it's just being able to almost have them listen to their own Mm -hmm. (laughs) answers. Because again, like there's only so much I can do. Like our clients have to do the work themselves. I unfortunately can't make someone skinny. Deanne can't get like make someone work. We can give them the tools to do it, but they have to show They have to do it themselves. And we also really try to hammer in, like keep an open mind. Just keep an open mind. Some of the things that we're going to say and do is going to be a little taboo and a little crazy, but we promise we have a good formula that works. And if you at least put a little bit of trust into us and are willing to keep an open mind and have the awareness that change is inevitable, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we're here for you the whole way, right? Like that's what we're here. We're accountability coaches. We're therapists (laughs) at times, but, but yeah. Yeah. Something that's really helpful as a coach is knowing that no matter who comes to us with whatever issue, everything that they need to change and to be whole is already within them. So our goal is sort of Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And help them stop stopping themselves and kind of release some of those, you know, self limitations is he like the only limitations are the ones that we put on ourselves? Usually we don't realize that we are the ones that are holding us back. Mm-hmm. So if we can kind of just nudge a little bit, mm-hmm. at least said trick, but I think yeah. health is a better word. If we can help people to kind of just <laughs> get out of their own way for a minute and realize that they knew the answer, that they could do it, they could do something that they didn't think they could do. Then there's that excitement and then they want to do the next thing and they want to take that next step. So yeah, if people are a little bit open-minded, a little bit patient, those light bulb moments start coming and then it's exciting. That's the momentum. Then you can't wait for the next step and the bigger step. And it's like 360 degree growth because all of a sudden you're feeling better. So you want to train. You're craving the next thing. Yeah. 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 You you train a little bit harder. So, oh, well now like I want to eat better because that's going to fuel me better. And I want to make sure I get to sleep. 
because I want to just as good a workout tomorrow or just a good a day tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think spirituality is definitely the most challenging. We don't necessarily like coach people in that aspect because we're still learning ourselves. I mean, there's so much that's unknown and we just like to have people like we bridge the question, especially, but I remember when we were working, this was a couple, gosh, maybe even a year ago, we were working with an older client of ours and we were on a zoom session. We do most of our coaching together. Dan does some in personal training, but all of our coaching is via the internet, the technology these days. We were doing some breathwork exercises with her and she was describing how I think she was either in a meditation class or a yoga class online and that the instructor was instructing them to breathe and use the breath to go through each bodily organ, like bring it up to your brain, bring the breath through your heart, bring it through your lungs and your intestines and your feet all the way down. And I remember our client describing this story to us and being so frustrated that she <laughs> couldn't visualize the air reaching her body parts. Mm. And at that point, when she was telling me, I honestly, in the moment, I was just trying to calm her down and say like, it's all right. Like, don't worry. And then the light bulb hit it for me, like a couple days later. And I was like, her third eye is blocked. And this is someone who was from what I understand, not super religious, but grew up in a religious family. So she doesn't realize that there are energy systems and that there are chakras within our body, but I didn't realize it. And then when I broached that subject to her, I didn't necessarily dive right into spirituality. This is this. I just began implementing visualization practices with her because that's almost at least something that people can do that it doesn't have to be tied to a religion or something spiritual. If they can just use their imagination, that's really what they're doing. And she didn't even have that's that. Kind of but I'm so glad that I had, again, the awareness that that's what it was because any other coach or just a typical health and fitness coach, just a personal trainer that isn't aware of our energy system and our energy bodies, they wouldn't have known that. Yeah. They won't go there. Try harder. Think harder. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Anything else you want to add before we finish? If there's one takeaways you'd like listeners to leave with when it comes to going deep, going deeper, what would that be? I would say, don't be afraid to be uncomfortable because uncomfortable is where you're going to grow. And if there are situations that make you happy or sad, resentful, shameful, use them as your teacher. Use them to dig deeper because if you can, it's going to be so rewarding in a way that will blow your mind. Mm. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think that's that's beautiful. Just jump on the the momentum, the building momentum train. Just say like, you don't have to do it all at once. Mm. Mm. A little, a little bit each day and just take one small step, just take that step and go. And like I said before, like you'll start getting those light bulb moments and the next step is going to get a little bit more exciting and a little bit more exciting. And then all of a sudden you're doing things because you love yourself, not because you're trying to like punish yourself into fitting in or looking a certain way or being a certain way 
or punishing yourself for things that you think you might have done. It's just you're loving yourself and, and treating mm-hmm. yourself like somebody that you love, which is so mm-hmm. important. Yeah, very different. I'll put all your info in the show notes, but in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to say hi, look at what you offer or work with you? Absolutely. So our website is definitely, if anyone's interested in reaching out or coaching, there is a little form that you fill out right on the first page of our website, which is www.momentumstrengthwellness.com. And then for social media, our handle is all the same. It's at Momentum Strength Wellness for Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. We're definitely most Mm -hmm. active on Instagram and certainly direct message us or take a look at our page. And then you can follow along on the Deep Life Podcast. Yeah, there's awesome content there. Yeah, (laughs) the Deep Life Podcast. It's on all major podcast platforms. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, guys. That was a lovely chat. And I'm sure people will feel inspired to take a leap deeper. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having us, Erica. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode or for the podcast in general, anywhere you listen. It really helps people find us. Find the show notes if you're looking for them at ericabelanger.com slash 133. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. Once again, thank you for listening in. Until next time.